Praise the Lord, and thank you for joining us at the Upper Room Church. Listen in as Pastor Johnson teaches the Word of God, gives us encouragement, and midweek refuel to run this spiritual race. All right, you all, we're going to jump right in, and uh, we're going to get right down to uh, discussion this evening. And that is, I want to, uh, I want to uh, explain, you know, of course, we're leading up to what Friday is, uh, is uh, what they call Good Friday. Uh, this is Passion Week leading up to uh, the, the week that we call, uh, that we set aside for uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, this is Passion Week, uh, the week leading up to when Jesus was crucified, okay? Uh, but now, I'm, I'm, I, what I want to talk about this evening is uh, Jesus' death. Jesus talked a lot about his death to his disciples, and he knew what he came into this world to do. He didn't come to this world to live to get 100 years old, 80, 90, 56, 70, 90, 100 years old. Jesus came into the world to die. He knew what his mission was all about. And uh, he talked about it oftentimes to different ones, and they didn't understand it. He told them, one, you you got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. But he knew that what his mission was all about, uh, that we spoke about doing the will of his father. And uh, even we know the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, uh, the scripture said that uh, uh, unto us the son is given. Uh, a, a child is born, a son is given, his name going to be called Jesus, and uh, he's going to save us from our sin. So the death of Jesus uh, is is nothing else other than uh, to save us. Jesus came into the world to save us, so we can't, I don't, the Bible don't, so I can't downplay uh, the, the Jesus' name, Jesus' power, Jesus' purpose. I don't downplay his ability to save and and uh, uh look down take his name lightly jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened to this world and so we as christians we do make a big deal out of jesus and jesus name because it's the greatest thing that ever happened to us peace on earth goodwill toward all men okay now let's jump right in here i want to read just a little bit talking about uh jesus I love the name of Jesus. I love what he done for me. No, Nobody else could do what he done for humanity. He gave his life for our sin debt, okay? Nobody could pay our sin debt. Jesus did. He was our, he atoned for us, and I'm glad that he atoned for me, all right? So I can have my right, uh, you, your right to the tree of life. Okay. Now, I want to paint this picture here. I want to explain the uh, Jesus and Peter, uh, John, and James. I want to explain uh, their purpose a little bit. Uh, I, we all read and heard about, uh, we talk about the mountain of transfiguration. Okay. I heard preachers preach about Jesus went up on a mountain, a mountain of transfiguration. Peter met it was up there. He took Peter up there, took John up there, took James up there on a mount of a mountain of a it's called mountain of transfiguration. 
when you think about that, the mountain of transfiguration, what is that? What happened there? You know, we never really got a good understanding of what the mountain of transfiguration was all about. We just heard about the mountain of transfiguration. I haven't heard a good preacher yet explain uh, the, 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 the deal behind the mountain of the transfiguration. What's that all about? What happened up there? What was that all about? So this evening, uh, if the Lord allow me, I'm going to explain to you what the, uh, the what the meeting that took place up on the mountain of the transfiguration, what that meeting was all about, and we're going to unpack that this evening. For years, I've heard people talk about Jesus went up on the mountain of transfiguration, and uh, he met Moses and Elijah up there, and uh, and that's about that's about far as we get with it. As far as I ever known, I ever heard preachers that I never know them to go in depth about the mountain of transfiguration. What's it all about? Just um, just tell me what it's all about. They just say he went up on the mountain of transfiguration. Peter was up there, and Peter wanted to build two, three tabernacles, and uh, the Lord said, "No, we're gonna build one." But what really was it all about? We're gonna unpack it this season. But first, I want to paint this picture what Jesus said. He came into the world to die. He was going to die. He gave his life for us. So uh, I want to discuss, actually, the picture I want to paint to you is about Jesus' death, okay? Now, look at St. John, the 10th chapter. St. John, the 10th chapter. I got three scriptures I'm going to go to, and I think I can unpack all three of these and get my point across, and we can do the prayer, and I can let you get back to get back to your family and uh, your work, what you was doing. Uh, three scriptures uh, going to the book of uh, St. Mark, the ninth chapter, and uh, St. Luke, the ninth chapter. And right here, we in St. John, the 10th chapter. Okay, so we're going to John, uh, Mark and Luke. Oh, those three Gospels. Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Very interesting. Mark, Luke, and John, these three Gospel writers here, going to help me unpack uh, and talk about Jesus' death. St. John 10 chapter, verse number 7. Check this out. Looking down at verse number 7, Jesus is talking about he's a good shepherd to the disciples and letting them know that um, he is a good shepherd and what this good shepherd is all about and what he, he's going to do. Check out verse number 7. I'm going to read. Uh, then said Jesus unto them again. He said to them again, so he already said to them once. Said to them again, verily, verily, y'all remember that? I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Remember that, verily, verily? I'm not going to get stuck on verily, verily tonight and not get down to the rest of the meat in, in this in this passion. Uh, truly, truly, I'm not going to get stuck right there. We're going to get on down, y'all. Verily, verily, I say, I am the door of the sheep. So there Jesus saying, I'm the door. I'm the door. Verse 8 says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. So here the Lord is saying, all that ever came before me is thieves and robbers. If everybody ever came before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, come up any other way. You're a thief, you're a robber. And we know what's going to happen to a thief and a robber. Of course, they're going to be penalized. Now, he said, verse number nine, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved 
and she'll go in and out and find pastor. Now, Jesus said, I am the door. It makes no difference about all the other people you might know of, who you believe in, uh, Muhammad. It doesn't. That does not matter. Jesus said, I am the door. Muhammad never said he was the door. He he done a lot of he said a lot of good things. He may have talked to people, but Muhammad never said he was the door. And all the other religious leaders out there uh, at one particular time that people believed in Buddha, none of them said that they were the door. Now Jesus said it, I am the door. And all that ever came before me with these and Rob. If you expect to get into heaven, you got to come by Jesus. All God got it fixed. God got it fixed. Thank God for Jesus. He got it fixed. If you get in, Jesus is going to let you in. So you may not think much about it, but if you get in heaven, Jesus is going to have to let you in. So I think that's a big deal right there. He can keep you. He can let you in. He can keep you from coming in. He, he can keep you in. He can lock you out. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Thank you, Lord. And shall go in and out and find pastor. Now, verse 10, the thief coming not for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Who else you know came that you might have life? Who else you know came that can give you life? Nobody but Jesus. Oh, but we understand the works of the enemy, and he's doing it. He's doing it every day, stealing, killing, and destroying. The devil wants to kill you, steal your salvation, destroy your good name, your credibility, amen, make you nothing. So I understand what the devil wants to do with me. Oh, I, I hope you understand what he wants to do with you. If you don't understand, I pray one day your eyes come open so you can understand. Ultimately, ultimately, Satan's purpose. God has a purpose for us, and Satan has a purpose, too. Ultimately, Jesus' purpose is that I and you might have eternal life. He can give it. This life is in the sun. Satan's purpose is to destroy you. Now, if you know beforehand uh, a person trying to hurt you, why would you uh, go with that person? Why would you uh, give that person time of day? I've always been this coming up in life. I've always been this. If I knew. You know, I, I befriend a lot of people, but if I knew a person was intentionally trying to harm me or, or, or didn't have me in their best interest, was trying to uh, uh, abuse me or use me, if I actually knew it, I wouldn't fool that person. I wouldn't fool that individual. I, I, I might speak to them or, hey, whatever, go on, but. No way I hang out with somebody I know trying to get me hurt. I wouldn't do it. It just don't make sense to do it. Why would I do it? You're trying to get me hurt or killed or in trouble or whatever. I just won't do it. That's just a sense that God gives me. I don't fool with people that's trying to hurt me. I speak to people, be nice to them, and I move on. But if I find out one trying to hurt me, it's off. God didn't, uh, ain't going to be no dinner date. Ain't going to eat, ain't eat no dinner with the person kind of trying to hurt me. Ain't going to be no invites or nothing. Just don't fool with them. Pray for them and keep your distance when you find out people trying to harm you. Okay? Because that's, that's what the devil does. But Jesus, I, I can't even give you life. I'm reading on to make my point. Verse number 11 said, 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd give his life for the sheep. So here, verse 11, we see Jesus is, is teaching us right here. He's a good shepherd. He is. And he said the good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. I mean, he will surrender his life. I mean, he, he protect those sheep at all costs. Whatever it takes, I'm going to protect those sheep. So, Jesus, I give my life for the sheep. I believe in them that just that much. I love them just that much that I will give my life for them. So, Jesus is saying, I'm a good shepherd, and I give my life for the sheep. Verse 12, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd who own who own the sheep who own the sheep or not, send the wolf coming and leave the sheep and flee it, and the wolf catch them and scatter the sheep. So a hireling will not protect even that's 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 his. It's his. He own it. But if he's a hireling, he won't even protect. He protect his own hide. I mean, he's gonna protect himself. Oh, I got I got to take care of me. But yeah, but. These are your sheep. You these. This is your property. You're not gonna stand up and fight for your own property. You don't believe in what's yours. So if he's a hireling, he will not give his life for the sheep, uh, because he's a hireling. But he'll flee and lead the sheep, and there they go. They're scattered. Verse number thirteen says, "The hireling flees, but but for because he is an hireling." And cares not for the sheep. There it is right there. So many shepherds. Y'all think those preachers, those people, they sow the seed. They think they pass or care so much about them. I tell you what, you'd be surprised. These pastors don't care about the people. All they care is you put that money in that offering plate. They can keep riding that big Cadillac and they can keep staying in that big house. They, they don't care about you like that. No, it, it really takes a, a, a man of God, a woman of God who has the heart of God, that cares for God, that really, really care for God's people. Okay, Jesus did. Jesus did. And he told us to be the same way. Now, he said, the hireling flee because he's a hireling and he cares not for the flip, for the sheep. Verse 14 said, I am the good shepherd and, and know my sheep and am known of them. So Jesus, I'm a good shepherd. I know my sheep. And they know me. Verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. The Father know me, and I know the Father. That makes sense, doesn't it? What son don't know the Father? What father don't know the son? I lay down, no, no, it was that I lay down my life for the sheep. There it is again. Jesus still talking about I lay my life down for the sheep. I give my life for the sheep. I will not run away and save my own hide. I will lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I, I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Jesus was talking about another group of people. He wasn't just talking about saving his own, the, the children of Israel. He said, there are other sheep I have, which are not this fold. He was talking about the Gentile nation, people that were non-Jews. He said, I got some more sheep. It's not just Jewish sheep. He said, I got some more sheep, Gentile sheep, Protestant sheep. I got some more sheep. And uh, I'm going to go get them and bring them. And when I get all my sheep together, the Jews, the Gentiles, all the people together, then it's going to be uh, one shepherd. And then they're going to be one fold. And there ain't going to be no more 
Jews say, the Gentiles say, all of us going to be children of God, one shepherd and one fold. Thank you, Lord. Verse 17 said, therefore do the Father love me because I lay down my life uh, that I might. Therefore the Father, do as the Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. So he said the Father loved me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. I lay down my life that I might take it again. Wow, that's powerful. I hope y'all got that. I lay it down and I'm going to take it again. Raise it. I'm going to come again. I lay it down. I take it again. I'm going to raise again. And so Jesus knew uh, exactly what he was going to do, proceeding his death, going into his death. He knew, he knew how it was going to happen. Exactly. You know, I, I've heard of people uh, talk about they knew that they was going to die or, uh, or they was talking about death, uh, uh, proceeding, their, uh, 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 proceeding uh, death. Uh, going into a situation, it was talk, acting strange or talking strange. Well, I might not be around to see all this right here, y'all, but you know, you you know what I'm talking. You, you can tell sometimes. Uh, I heard people talk about that. Said, so, well, he was talking about this right here, and next thing you know, he was gone. Sometimes God got a way of letting people know when they're getting ready to go. Jesus knew the time of his death. He knew it was drawing nigh, and he knew what the what he had to do. And so, therefore, he talked about it uh, often. Verse number 18 said, no man take it from me. No man take Jesus' life. They, well, he was there. they crucified. They killed our Lord. No, he let them did that. They didn't take his life. No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of the Father. So Jesus said, no man, no man take my life. But we still use that, that saying, well, you know, they crucified our Lord. Uh, they killed our Lord. And, and Pilate told the people, said, well, uh, uh, what do y'all want me to do with him? Uh, crucify him. And uh, yes, we got all kind, all songs, a lot many songs out saying they crucified our Lord. Well, he allowed them to do it. They couldn't do it if he didn't allow it. Okay, so these verses of scripture right here paint the picture to where I want to go. So we see Jesus know he was facing death, right? And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, sweat fell from his face like drops of blood. He knew what he had to do. He was facing death. The flesh didn't want to go, but the spirit, the spirit ministered to him. It was indeed willing. And uh, even in his prayer, he said, Father, if this, if it was possible, allow this cup to pass from me. Cup of suffering, bitter cup. Allow it to pass if it's possible. But you know what? It was not possible. It, he had to go through with it. No way. You come into the world, and uh, and we at this point for you to go to the cross and die for the sins of the people, and atone for mankind. Uh, no way you can turn around, Jesus, and save yourself. And uh, not go through with what what has to be done. The scripture has to be uh, fulfilled. It can't be broken. It's, it's it's all in the prophecy. It's all in the Old Testament. All in the New Testament. What's going to happen to Jesus to get to this point? You you can't go back. So I know he be prayed that prayer, Father. If it be possible, can this cup pass from me? Well, you I know how the flesh was feeling. And most of us 
uh, you, we can imagine how the flesh felt, knowing that it was facing death. Sometimes I think about Martin Luther King. You know, uh, he marched for our people, the sanitation department, civil rights, and all all the rights that we uh, are enjoying right now. Uh, believe me, rest assured, Martin Luther knew something was going to happen to him. He didn't know when, he didn't know how, but he knew those people were gunning for him. I mean, you you marching, leading, leading, and protesting, and getting getting bills passed, making the condition of people's lives better. And you know, and there were the people on the other side that was hated him for what he did or what he was doing. He knew he was going to be taken out. Probably didn't know how, but he knew one day uh, he probably was going to be facing uh, death. And uh, Lord knows that night. Uh, that he spoke at uh, uh, at um, Claiborne Temple. Temple. Uh, he didn't know that it was going to be uh, that mountaintop speech would be the last speech, the great speech he give. Uh, but he was feeling some kind of way. He actually, from what I understood, they told me the people that know they said he really didn't want to go to the meeting that night. And that he stayed home and told Abernathy and all the other brothers, y'all go on. And he wanted to stay back at the hotel and rest, trying to paint this picture. He didn't really want to go. He, he was feeling some kind of way. But death was on him. Death, death was on him. He didn't want to go. He sent them on. And uh, they let him stay behind. But when they got to the, uh, to the, to, to the church, uh, Claiborne Temple, the church was filled up, folks came from everywhere because they want to hear me speak. And and Abernathy gave him a phone call and said, Martin, you got to come. The church is full and they waiting on you. Martin, you got to come. And so he got in his car and he drove on down there and he gave that great, awesome speech, that mountaintop speech. And in the speech, he finds, you know, God cheering, black and white, going to not be judged by the color of their skin and, uh, uh, you know, by, but by their character. And uh, you know, you you know the whole speech. Somewhat of the whole speech that he gave that night. Awesome speech. And he even told them that uh are we gonna get to the promised land. Uh y'all gonna get there. He said, I might not. So he was feeling some kind of way. But he said, I believe we as a people are gonna get to the promised land. So he wasn't really sure about how long he was gonna live. So he was feeling some kind of way about death. Okay. Now I said all that. Jesus was, was the same way. He was feeling some kind of way about death. That's why he asked the Father, is it possible that this cup pass? He was feeling some kind of way. And the Lord assured him, no, it's, it's not possible. You got to go through with it. You, it got it to gotta, it gotta happen. Because for this reason, Jesus said, for this reason came I into the world. I didn't come into the world to worry a big family, do all that kind of stuff. For this uh, excuse me. For this reason came I into the world that I might give my life. So it got to happen. And Martin Luther, there was no way he could live to get to be an old man. He said he loved to enjoy longevity, but talking to talk, he talking, making them folks angry. No way he was going to die. So Jesus talked about his death. Now, let's get to uh, to the meat of the matter. Where I, I want to paint that picture and get on down to uh the uh, mountain of transfiguration. Now, I want to read 
two different uh, uh, books or uh, accounts of the Mountain of Transfiguration. Uh, I, I never heard it explained, uh, it unpacked, but we're going to unpack it tonight, okay? Now, turn to the Mark. Mark the uh, name chapter. Let's see. Yeah, Mark the name chapter. This is this is an account of the Mountain of Transfiguration. I'm going to read this one, then I'm going to compare it to the other one and show you what's going on here. Mark the name chapter. Y'all got that? Check this out. Mark the name chapter, verse number one, and I'm going to read down to probably, let's see. Uh, let's see, the Lord will let me know where to start. Verse number one said, and he said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, that there should be a sum of them that stand here which shall not taste of death. Huh. So they see the kingdom of God come with power. Verse number two. And, and after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. And he led them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Now, notice verse number two. After six days, uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up into uh, the high mountain apart by them, and he was transfigured. We all hear the word transfigured, transfiguration. What do you mean transfigured? It means he was transformed. Jesus was transformed from a, a natural man to the God man right in front of Peter, James, and John's eyes. And when they saw this, it blew their mind. Now, let me read it further. And he was transfigured before them, and his raiment became shining. See it? His raiment became shining, exceedingly white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can whiten them. So Jesus took these brothers up there and he was transfigured before their eyes and then his raiment, his clothing, uh, it was it, it turned white. It was whiter than any white that Peter ever seen. He ain't never seen a white robe like that before. He never seen a white uh that's what they wore that they uh it was a long robe uh, uh, that the men wore. He never seen any white thing white like that before that white and then the scripture said right here, he said it was white, it was white as snow, as no fuller on earth can whiten them. So there was nothing on earth that man could do, dye or bleach his clothes to make that shirt, make that blouse, make that outfit uh this white. Awesome. So they saw Jesus wearing a white robe, just like you know, we just came out of Revelation when we when he appeared on that horse with that long white robe. They saw Jesus uh dressed in a robe just like he was in heaven uh, uh on that horse. He was transformed before them and they saw him as the God man. Nobody ever seen Jesus as the God man, but he allowed these brothers. Now, notice he only picked three, Peter, James, and John. Now, Peter, James, and John was considered what they call the inner circle. You know, you might deal with a whole lot of people. You know, I mean, you might talk to the mass. You might have 15, 20 brothers that you talk with on a regular. But out of all of them, uh, 
you you talk to uh, uh you 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 got the ones that you trust the most or the ones that you are going to give a a great assignment to and they're going to do something great peter was a was a, was was going to be the spokesperson for the day of pentecost and uh after peter's uh before peter's death later on uh, uh peter became known as what we know the pope you know we got pope john paul pope this pope that peter was the first pope of rome he became the first pope and james these men jesus was setting these men up because he know they were going to play a, a great role in his ministry and the ministry that he was going to uh, uh, entrust them to james james was the uh bishop of uh the church of ephesus yes he became the, the church bishop there at ephesus and I don't know exactly what John Tyler was or what he went on in life to be, but, you know, John did a lot of writing. And, of course, you know, uh, this, this James and John, of course, you know, these was Jesus' brothers. James and John was his brother. Uh, and so James became uh, a bishop. Peter was a pope. And I don't know what position that John really held other than just the writing of the gospel. Okay. Now, Back to verse 3, said, and his raiment became white, exceedingly white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can whiten them. And verse 4, said, and there appeared unto them uh, Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. I want y'all to pick up on this right here. So we got, uh, it, it said Elias, which, which, which we interpret uh, Elijah, because you know Elijah was uh, in the Old Testament, he was an Old Testament prophet. Moses was the Old Testament prophet, and all, both these men, uh, they uh, they transcended before Jesus. Uh, Moses died before Jesus. Elijah, they're all Old Testament saints, and they died. They and the Lord took them. Okay, and uh, but here uh, they appeared on top of the mountain with Jesus. So we got we got five men up there. We got Peter, James, and John. We got Moses and we got Elijah, five men's up there, and we're talking with Jesus. Jesus makes number six, okay? So we got these six people on top of the mountain. But notice what interesting is verse number four, and, and, and there they appeared, Elijah and Moses, and they were talking. Keep that in mind. They were talking with Jesus. And I, as, I, as I was studying this and reading this, I was saying, Lord, I, I, I would like to be a fly on the wall to know what they were talking about what they were discussing, what was going on. This is what I'm talking about. Preachers, they read the scripture about the mountain of transfiguration, but they don't unpack what was going on up there. We're going to unpack what they was talking about. I know what they was talking about, and this is what we're going to unpack this evening. What was Moses and Elijah meeting with Jesus on top of the mountain about? And Jesus, uh, he, he transformed into uh, the God Man, and he he had on his heavenly his heavenly robe that was white, whiter than anything on earth. What was he talking about? Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. There it is. And they were talking with him. And verse number five, check this out. And Peter answered and said unto unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. Check this out. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So now, Peter really, really didn't know what was going on, and he really didn't know what to say. 
And so therefore, when you don't know what's going on very much and what to say, uh, you, you, you start talking foolish. But notice, verse 6 says, for he would not what to say, for they were so afraid. Now, uh, see what it said, for he would not know what to say, for they were so afraid. Who was so afraid? Peter, James, and John. Moses and Elijah wasn't afraid. Now, Peter, James, and John was in the conversation. They was there just to witness the conversation. The conversation was between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And Peter, James, and John, they saw it with their eyes. So therefore, they witnessed what was going on. And the first six said, for he was, for he went not what to say, for they were so afraid. And and so he wanted to, uh, so he just blurted something out. Well, we're going to make two uh, tabernacles. Now, now, Mark said tabernacle. Okay. And when I looked it up in my other translation, it said a, mon- a, a memorial, memorial, a monument. So, you know, because, look, Moses was dead in the Old Testament. Elijah was dead in the Old Testament. And Jesus was getting ready to die. So Peter wanted to make three memorials. Make a memorial for Moses. Make a memorial for Elijah. Make a memorial for Jesus. Well, let's find out what the Lord has to say about you, Peter. You want to make all these memorials because you really didn't know what to say because you was afraid. Verse number seven said, and there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. See, he didn't say Moses is my son. Elijah is my son. He said, This is my son. Jesus is my son. Hear him. And verse 8 said, And suddenly, when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with them. And so when, when this cloud overshadowed them, the Lord told them that uh, this is my son, hear him. And when they looked around, uh, Moses and Elijah was gone. And were nobody left but Jesus. And that's the one that our Heavenly Father was trying to let, let Peter know what's going on. I want you to hear him, Peter, James, and John. Jesus is the one. Y'all get it? Jesus is the one. Moses is no longer the one. Elijah is no longer the one. Jesus is the one hear him. Let's see. And verse number nine says, and as they came down from the mountain, notice this, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen. The son of man were risen from the dead. And verse 10 said, and they kept that saying with themselves, questioning one another, what the risen, what the rising from the dead should mean. So Jesus told Peter, James, and John, don't tell nobody what you saw. But now, what James, John, Peter, James, and John saw, what God allowed them to see, was what he allowed them to see, he allowed them to see the glory of God on Jesus. So he strengthened their faith, and they knew, uh, they were more convinced then that Jesus was who he said he was. So this strengthened their faith, and they were more ready to go out and speak the word of God boldly. See, when you know something, you can talk about something. So, you know, they really didn't have that, that, that strong conviction that they needed to go out and preach Jesus and preach Christ and compel, to, compel the world that they kind of believe in this man. So when I tell you, when, when, after witnessing what they saw, couldn't nobody do nothing with Peter. Couldn't nobody do nothing with James. Couldn't nobody do nothing with John. And the Bible said, and these men 
turn the world upside down because they were strong in their faith, because they saw something that no man on earth had ever seen. They saw Jesus the way he appeared in heaven itself. And nobody ever seen Jesus like that before. But he allowed Peter, James, and John to see him the way he appeared in heaven. The God-man. He appeared to them like he appeared in heaven. The God-man. All right. Now, that's this Mark account. Now, I want to show you something else. Now, now, notice verse number four, a striking similarity. Now, Mark, each one of these writers, they wrote by what they saw. And sometimes each one of them, they go into a little bit more depth. I like I like Luke. Luke going to go a little bit in depth uh, talking about this mountain of transfiguration versus what Mark did. Mark did a great, awesome job. Okay, verse number four, take note in Mark that he saw Elijah, Esaias, which is Elijah, uh, and Moses. And what were they doing? They were talking to Jesus. What were they talking to Jesus about? I'm going to show it to you. The preachers don't say it. I guess they don't know it. So I got to tell it. Now, Luke's ninth chapter, look at verse number 29. Okay, you got that? Luke 9. Did I get? Did I say 29? I meant to say 28. Luke 9 and 28. I'm going to start at 28. All right. Now, Luke is giving his account of what's happening up there on that mountain. Same mountain, Transfiguration. Check it out. And it came to pass about the eighth day after these saying, Jesus, he took Peter, James, I'm sorry, he took Peter and John. And James, same three, and he went up into a mountain to pray. All right. Verse 9 says, And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance, this is Raymond, was altered. When Jesus began to pray, his countenance was altered. His, his appearance was changed, altered. And his raiment was white and glittering. Verse 30 said, And behold, there talked with him two men. Who were these two men? which was Moses and Elijah. Here were the two men again, Moses and Elijah, up in that mountain, talking with Jesus. What was he talking about? I'm going to show you what they were talking about. Check out verse 31. Who appeared in glory. So God had Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory. So what Peter, James, and John, what, the, what those men saw that day, they got a glimpse of heaven. Jesus in heaven, Moses in heaven, Elijah in heaven, so they appeared in glory. In other words, and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, as I said, what was Moses and Elijah on top of that mountain talking to Jesus, talking with Jesus? What were they talking about? I said, I would like to be a fly on the wall. They were talking to Jesus about his death. Look at it again. Let me read it. You might have missed it. Who appears in, they appeared in glory. And they spake of his decease. Y'all see it? Moses and Elijah is talking about Jesus' decease. Talking about Jesus' death. Moses was talking, Jesus, you're you going to have to give your life for the sins of the world. Elijah jumped in. Jesus, you got to do this. You have to atone for mankind. For this cause, 
you came into the world. So I never heard the preacher say what was going on on that mountain. We just know Peter was up there, and Peter wanted to build all these tabernacles memorial, but what was going on? Witness most and Elijah uh, comforting Jesus, and they were talking about his peace, his death. They were talking about his death. That what was going on on top of this mountain. Check it out. Let me read a little bit further. Who appeared in glory, and they spake of his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Verse 32 says, But Peter, and they that was with him were heavily, were, were heavy, heavy with sleep. Now, this is why Peter was talking all out of his head uh, when he did finally speak up. Remember, Peter now, they really weren't in a conversation. They were just there to witness it. And so uh, now Mark said when Peter came out, said he was afraid, and he started saying, well, let's make three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you, Jesus. He was afraid. But now Luke said reason why he was afraid, he said Peter, they were heavily with sleep. They were sleeping, dozing, and drowsing, and then said, and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. So when, when, when these men, see, God allowed these men, here it is, Jesus appeared in his heavenly form, Moses in his heavenly form, and Elijah in his heavenly form. So God let a deep sleep come upon Peter, James, and John that they might not uh, just see everything exactly like it is. Uh, or hear the conversation that was going on, I, I say. So they were sort of in a sleep. And it said, and when they were awake, they saw his glory. My God, I want to see his glory one day. I want to see him just like he is. I want to see him like he's going to be in heaven when he on that, on that horse. And they saw his glory. And they saw the two men that stood with him. So Moses and Elijah, they stood with Jesus. Verse 33 said, and it came to pass as they departed from him. Peter said, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles. There it is. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Notice what it said. Not knowing what he said. Peter didn't know what he was saying. No, Peter, we can't make all them tabernacles. We can't make all those memorials. No, he didn't know what he was saying because he just woke up out of a heavy sleep. And then and what he saw scared him scared him half to death, so he didn't know what to say. He just, you know, Peter's just a person, he's just outspoken, and he's going to say something. The other brothers might have been, they were just holding their peace, but Peter was the, he was the outspoken person. This is why the Lord chose Peter to speak on the day of Pentecost, but because he was so bold, and Peter wasn't afraid of no man. That's why he got the sword and cut the man's ear off for messing with Jesus. Peter wasn't scared. He wasn't like a lot of priests the other day. These preachers we got today, they so scared, they ain't got a back. You can't even, you examine, you can't even find a back. Ain't no back back there. Amen. My pastor used to call them a spaghetti back. They won't say nothing about nothing. But that's the way Peter was. Peter was bold. He was outspoken. And, and, and Peter, will, he'll bring it to you. He'll bring the fight to you. You ain't got to, I mean, he will bring it. And that's why God chose him to be that spokesperson on the day of Pentecost because of his boldness. And this is what God needs today. He needs men and women that bold, that are said, don't keep the world like it or not, said. 
People might not like it. They might be angry with you, they, but they need to hear it. And God needs somebody to say it. Don't be afraid of them. That way he told, he told I, 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 Isaiah, he said, uh, don't pay no attention to their faces. He said, don't pay no attention to their faces. Just say it. I need somebody to speak for me. Who will go with me? Who will speak for me? I need somebody to say it, and, 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 and don't be afraid to say it. But the preachers of the day, they won't say it because they're scared. They're scared they'll lose their members. I lose my good paying tithe member. Okay, well, don't say it. Your tithe member going to hell and you going to hell. The tithe member going to be mad at you when he get to hell because you didn't tell him. Okay, so there you're going to have to deal with him in hell. Because you had the opportunity to tell him and you didn't. Pastor, why didn't you tell me? Okay, there you go. So Peter was this kind of person. He would bring the fight to you. He would tell you that's why God selected him. But when he woke up, he didn't know what to say. And so uh, check this out. I'm trying to finish this up. Uh, I stopped it was, uh, let's see. 33. 34. While he spake, there came a cloud overshadowed them and, and they fear as they were entering into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when he, and when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. Moses and Elijah was gone. So, Peter, I'm trying to show you. It ain't going to be no three memorials. It's just going to be one. It's just going to be Jesus, Peter. So, Peter got that revelation. Okay, Lord, you showed me. I, I didn't know what I was saying. I was just woke up out of heavy sleep. I didn't know what I was saying. Well, you showed me. It's just going to be one. It's going to be Jesus. Jesus alone. And they kept it close. Look at this. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. That's something in it. So Luke said they kept it to themselves. They ain't telling about what they seen. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus like he appeared in heaven. So what happened up on that mountain of transfiguration? They saw the glory of God like they'd never seen it before. Never seen it before. That's what happened. They witnessed Jesus talking to two men. And those two men were strengthening him and talking to him about the death that he was going to die. When Moses and Elias got to talking to Jesus, he was ready to go to Calvary Cross, y'all. He was ready to go. And that's why, and I'm so glad he died. I'm so glad he gave his life. I'm so glad he didn't turn around and change his mind. God God transformed him, let him, let him experience that 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 what that heavenly body was going to be like, and what he going to be like uh, when he get to heaven. It, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, James was glorified. Moses was glorified. These men, uh, we all look forward to meeting them one day up in heaven when we walk those streets of gold. And so that's what the mountain of transfiguration was all about. So that's what I want to bring to you all this evening. This is the story. This is the uh, 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 the word that I tried to unpack this scene. I probably didn't do it justice. But for years, I never had it explained to me. They just said a mountain of transfiguration. Peter, James, and John was up there. Jesus was up there. And they said, they go as far as that way. His rain was shine, white as snow. But they didn't tell me what the, what was going on, what took place, what transpired. No, nothing. As far as they went. But he was talking about the cross. The cross. Oh, at the cross. My God. All right, my brothers and sisters, I hope you got something out of that. So you, now you know why they went up into that mountain, why Jesus took those three men and then take all 12 of them. 
because these three men, uh, they 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 they're gonna have a powerful testimony, amen, and they're gonna preach it up and turn this world upside down with the testimony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I thank God. I thank God. Amen. God got a way of strengthening his people. And I pray that God strengthen you one day so you can also experience the glory of God. So you can also be more. See, God got to work with a lot of us so our faith to be strengthened. And the more you walk with the Lord, the more you read your word, the more you listen to the word, the more strengthened you're going to get. And, 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 and we're going to stop being these weak Christians that we are, and we're going to be strong Christians, and we can stand in the faith, stand up for the faith, and uh, and we can stand for God, and we can tell people about the Lord, and we uh, we can turn many souls uh, to Christ if we can uh, be strengthened like Jesus strengthened these men on the, up on the mountain. And uh, that's what going to church and that's what Bible study, reading our Bible is all about. It's strengthen. He said, when you convert, strengthen your brother. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to strengthen my brother and strengthen my sister so we won't be weak. God wants to be strong, my brother and my sister. So that's how I study for this evening. So the mountain of transfiguration. Okay, you got it now. You understand it? It was all about the cross. Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Wow. And Jesus appeared just like he appeared in the book of Revelation. That's awesome. That long white robe. My God. And Peter and them saw it. And I tell you, it was a sight to behold. And uh, they didn't tell anybody about it for quite some time. One writer said they talked among themselves. The other writer said they didn't tell no man about it, no other, nobody else about it. Uh, that experience that they experienced up on that mountain. That's a life. You talking about a life changing experience, man. When the Lord touched our soul, when He and I pray God get a hold of all of us and just just touch your soul, like Lord touch my soul, just set me on fire. I want to experience the glory and feel the glory of God like never before, and uh, give us that testimony. So that's our study for this evening. I hope you enjoyed it, Lord willing. We'll we'll get back together on Sunday morning. Uh, for Sunday morning fueling, you charge us up, fill us up one more time so we can make it a little bit further. That's what it's all about. Pastor Johnson personally thanks everyone for joining us for our midweek prayer and refuel service. Join us this upcoming Sunday morning. You'll be glad you did.